And a very big warm welcome to the Barfield Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and with me as always is John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot. We've got a cracking show for you tonight. Very, very busy covering the uh, ropes in depth and we're going to be looking at that tomorrow. Lots of questions. So, uh, John, are, are, are we okay to get firing off to the questions straight away? Absolutely, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's go through these questions, and we do appreciate these questions, by the way. And the first one is from a uh, from an old friend of ours, Ian Davies, um, good fan of the show. Two months into the turf season, with the derby a mere six days hence, he says we have three national hunt cards and no flat today, John, on the Sabbath. What in the name of chinless public school boys is happening here? I mean. John, I mean, you you could probably answer this perfectly. Well, I mean, I've said all along that uh, the the ones from good families that end up working at the BHA uh, either those that get kicked out of Sandhurst or are too sick for a job in the city. And I think um, that shows itself to be the case here because, I mean, you're in the peak of the flat season, and the chances to stay on three sticks meetings like this, it's absolutely disgusting, really. And it makes you wonder who's actually driving the game when it when it's like this. And you know, you you don't you, you can't possibly keep an handle on all this and follow it as, as as well as you would want to, you know. I mean there's you you need to uh, to pick a chord and concentrate on it for me at the minute because Anybody who's, who's doing both codes at the minute, they've got my admiration because I couldn't do it. I simply yeah. couldn't do it. No, it's... It, I mean, to, to me, I, I don't think I can remember in my racing memory uh, this amount of jump meetings like ever at this time of year. I, I mean... I mean, what I know, like Ireland's been demanding it. They're, they're, say, they're saying they're demanding it, but Punchestown used to finish at the Punchestown Festival and that was it. And now Punchestown have, have, have put on an extra Saturday and Sunday. And I, I don't know what's going on. I, I do think this this is like bookie driven. I, I cannot see this being, being you know, BHA or horse racing Ireland decisions. I, I just can't. It just do, do, doesn't make any sense. I think, I, I think you know, there's plenty of good flat cards to put on or potentially. I, 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 whether the bookies don't want to want us to bet on the flat, I don't know. I have no idea. But I mean, he's it, a turn off for me, Ian. Um, so you're right. Um, I, 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 I do think uh, the BHA really are uh, sending us downhill and quickly. Uh, second question um, from Carl Swanson, and it's again uh, the BHA and their ninny ideas. Uh, are you besides yourselves with excitement? He says. He says to us. He says, no, not for the Oaks and Derby. He means the start of the Racing League, John. So, are you excited? I absolutely can't wait because the sooner it starts, the sooner it finishes. <laughs> In all honesty, um, I mean, have we got have any more information through about it? I was the original press launch with the nice lunch, all they were prepared to do until there was another nice lunch in prospect. I think you there's know. been a few of them, yeah. Oh, yeah, there will always be a nice lunch. Um, but, I mean, I, again, Shergar Cup, you know, 
illustrates perfectly well this isn't a team game. They won't learn from that. Here we go again. The racing league, you know, um, trying to model it on football because football is awash with money. It's it just, you know, if, if the brand's got any smaller, they'd just they'd fall out the rays, wouldn't they? You know, I mean, it's yeah. just absolutely definitely, ridiculous yeah. definitely unworkable from a betting point of view because when there's when it's team games we you know you can't i mean there's nothing worse than if you bite one but you're being sacrificed the sacrificial lamb for the for the hold up horse you know it's like oh well fantastic um yeah so it doesn't really work for me as a, as a betting medium and, and so the same as the shergar cup never has um but again um these are, and I call them ninny ideas from the BHA, thinking they're going to encourage the wider masses to get involved in the sport. And, you know, it, it probably has a minimal effect. The only good thing I can see this time, and it asks credit to the Racing League management, I'm going to give some credit here where it's due because I think I've given them a hard time privately and a little bit publicly in past podcasts about, about why they're getting salaried CEOs of the Racing League. It just doesn't make any sense. However, they have earned the corn here because they've got some decent sponsors of the teams. And one of them, I, I think, is a, quite a coup, really. They've got TalkSport as one of the sponsors of the teams, which, mm. which that does open exposure to, you know, young adult males. And I, I, I do think that's a very, very shrewd move to get TalkSport as a, as a team, you know, owner, like if you like. Um, so I think, that, I think kudos on that one. Um, but as I said, he still doesn't make me a fan of it. It's just the fact that, well, you might get some decent expo- exposure there. So, so Carl, yeah, that's uh, me and John. We 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 love it. We, <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> we absolutely we absolutely love this shit that the BHA keep trying to turn racing into. Um, next question is a more of a form book kind of question, and it's from Paul Richardson, and he said, John um, and Lee, he says. Are subscriptions like Timeform worth it? Uh, worth it, sorry. Uh, Seventy pound uh, a month, I think, for Timeform, um, and Racing Post about half that. I mean, so if you subscribe to both Timeform and the Racing Post, you're looking at the best part of hundred pounds a month to have two of two of our flagship form books, if you like. Is that value for money? I think it depends what you actually want out to get out your study and how much time you can actually spend on study, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're, if, if you're working and uh, you're struggling to spend the time on the racing, I mean, racing at the minute, I mean, if you're, you're going and putting the shift in somewhere, you cannot possibly come home and review the racing and stick ratings on it all and adjust master ratings and you know, oh, not, when just, they, not when they put an eight on a day you know it's a physical impossibility so i mean you'd have to you know some kind of service i would have thought um if you're going to be remotely serious about it time forms a, a good service for ratings you know um i think um you'd probably do a have a job topping them um, if if that's the route you, you want to go down, I, I, I couldn't knock the, the expenditure really. I think uh, that's reasonable depending on how much it leaves you to bet with over the month, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I've 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 tried everything, uh, them all, and, and I've found what I'm comfortable with now, which is a, a Racing Pro subscription. I don't bother with Timeform anymore, um, although I do purchase their sectionals from Simon, Simon Rowland. Um, and I use, so I, so I purchased the sectional times from, from Simon Rowlands. Um, I, I subscribe to the racing post, uh, and I subscribe to Proform professional, which is a computer based software where you can do systems and analyze sires, you know, damn sires also. Um, and, and I find that very useful for, you know, obviously, statistical data. I'm a big data freak, if you like, because obviously data is key. We, we need that's what that's what we need to analyze stuff. So, and it, it's not cheap. I mean, if you had the three up, that would work out per month. I'm just trying to work it out. It would work out if you subscribe to say Proform, Timeform, and Racing Post. Like I know some people do. That would be that would work out about. I don't know, 180 pounds a month. And like you say, it depends if you're getting value out of it and the amount of time you're spending mm. to try and make it pay and what your stakes are. I mean, it's no good spending that kind of money every year if you're having your tenors and twenties on. You know, you you need to have a more on. So it's it's kind of tricky, really. It's, it's not cheap, but there we go, Paul. Hope that answers some of your queries there uh, regarding the phone book pu- publications over here. Um question from Ian Sears, a good one really. He says, in the Irish field this week, Jim Bolger, John, was quoted as saying uh, R.E. Maxwiney that I wouldn't like to see the word firm in the going at any flat meeting as it's not in the best interests of horses to be asked to race on ground with firm in it. Wonder what your thoughts are, as surely good to firm is not only acceptable, but what they should be aiming for in the summer. Surely, Ian Sears says, do you agree? Well, I just think Jim was a shit house, really. <laughs> I mean, if, it, if this was one of them with the steel sprung joints and would run up the Dublin Road, Jim wouldn't be giving the monkeys about what the ground was going to be like, as long as it didn't have the word soft in. Um, that's my idea with that. Uh, I mean, again, he's, he's dressing it up as a welfare issue. Nobody has any stats on proper welfare because even when the horses are injured themselves on good to firm ground, it could be good to firm water ground that's loose on top. There's nobody differentiates. Yeah. Um, for the good of the breed, you want sound horses. You should be breeding from sound horses. Sound horses can run on good to firm ground. You know. Yeah. Um, a lot of this cobbler's spells really, really comes from overbreeding the saddle as well as in that line because you have these things with massive deep shoulders that you, in a lot of cases, they couldn't even train them to these things and they certainly couldn't run on quick ground and that got it in everybody's heads that people needed to water to produce safe ground and all this. And it's, it's, it's just a lot of nonsense, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's people that train raspberries and they want to dictate what surface they're running on because the proper racing machines are just slaughtering them on, uh, on decent ground, as, as we used to call them, the firm ground. Well, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I certainly can't remember any, any circumstances where Bath uh, don't have a... 
the ability to water. So naturally at Bath, you, you get genuine, firm, sometimes hard ground. You know, it has been known. Um, and I, I can't remember many horses breaking down at Bath, John. No, no, I mean, it's, uh, it, 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 it just, it, it makes you laugh, really. I mean, they, they've got it in their heads that it, it's the ground that's at fault. And half the time, it's the type of stock that they're buying. And, you, you know, you look at some of these things that they talk about they want the safe ground for, you know, and I mean, they're so bloody front heavy, you wouldn't believe it, you know. And, and then the technical places like Epsom to run down a hill. And you, you know, you just think, well, what are you doing, really? You know, I mean, there's no wonder they're wanting soft, softish ground, you know. I mean, it's a wonder they're not running them in carpet slippers as well. You know, you know it's, it's just, it, it is, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you know, they, they think they're going to get it on what our class is decent down in the they probably will just just be able to make and share for the else. I mean, do you think it's? I mean, this this brings us nicely on to our our next uh, subject. And do you think it's a sign of of of, of the times, the, the, the way perception is of, of horses now, and the perception of of, of animal cruelty, etc., etc. Oh, absolutely. You, you've only got to get somebody from animal aid start talking about what's acceptable and ground related issues, you know, on the VHL, then happily reel off a list to these animal aid people about all the courses where watering's taking place to produce safe ground, you know. And uh, as I said, there is absolutely no stats on this planet to tell you that it's safer to run on watered ground because they haven't compiled the stats properly. No. So, like you say, evidence is key. And yeah. so that brings us on to our major talking point this week, where Monmouth Park uh, in New Jersey um, decided to run a whipless meeting. And they said, right, whips are not allowed to be carried by jockeys um, or used by jockeys. I think they were allowed to carry them for safety purposes, but they weren't allowed to specifically use them. To make them respond, um, and there was, only, there was, I believe, there was only thirteen jockeys that agreed to take part. A lot of the jockeys boycotted it. The meeting was about half down on betting turnover, so it was obviously a quite a turn off for the betting fraternity, which never seemed to get any kind of representation. As uh, John Hines has rightfully said on Twitter, on our Twitter, say on this uh, this whip panel review, there's not one punter's perspective. On on the, the the use of whips in this country, and I just think that this trial in America that that took place, um, I'm not sure. I think it was a couple of days ago, two or three days ago, um, that took place. Um, that that will have massive implications for racing authorities around the world because as this gathers momentum by by the media and the and we know what media types we've got now. Um, Everything's cruel, you know. I'll oh, stop this. It's cruel. You're thrashing these horses to death. Um, you know, I only, I only see one thrasher in this game. It's Luke Morris. Thrasher Morris. He thrashes them. But I don't see. Uh, I don't. To be honest, I, I, I think most jockeys in this day and age are very mindful of the horse, and they know if an horse isn't responding, they don't whip them. 
you know, within half an inch of their life. Or and obviously the the whips have got better as time's gone on. John, what's your view on the on the way this is going? Are either they definitely want to shatter the whip, don't they? And uh, they're not being terribly subtle about it. I mean, I don't know how these people would have gone on. 30, 35 years ago when uh, the likes of Leicester and them were slamming into them with whale-borne whips and putting whales like chest bards on their, on their asses. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I just despair, really, because there's no thought given to the power subs that own lazy horses. Uh, as we were discussing off there, you know, I mean, how many is going to finish in the egg? You know, if you get shot of the whip, you know, um, you, you, you've got to accept if you follow racing that there is an amount of cohesion, coercion about it. It's not, um, it's not just about these lovely little animals with the big floppy ears and they're going to run the guts out for you just because you sat on top of them. They're not. Um, they're a working animal and they need to be made to do their work on occasion. Yeah. If you're not comfortable with that, chances are the sport isn't for you. And I, I can see problems coming from the, for the sport because it's clearly in the wrong hands at the minute, you know. These people don't have the confidence in the sport to defend it against all comers. They just want to roll over to these people, but they don't know how to roll over either, you know. And they're on a very dangerous slope because they haven't even drawn a line in the sand that they will not go beyond, you know. Because once they've got rid of the whip, then they want rid of the racing. Yeah, I agree with that. Because they don't like racing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, surely, I mean, I've I've read comments on Twitter and I've read articles on this, and for me, if you if you're saying the whip is cruel or visually cruel and not needed and not necessary, which personally I'm not a supporter of, um, I, I do believe the whip has its place because basically it's like everything. Is it is it, is every school is every school child uh, obedient, correct, and does it things the right way? I've always said um, when when you're teaching young young people or you t- or basically some people need an arm around them, some people need you know I won't say a good hiding, can't say that in this day and age, but some people need a little bit more persuasion, and and I think that's the same with horses as characters. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with saying to us, look, you're not going about your job properly. It's what you're bred to do. Come on, let's do it. I mean, so what, what about like workhorses in fields, shire horses? I mean, do we just say we don't, we can't breed shire horses anymore because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just not, not the done thing to breed a horse that, that is bred to work. Um, I mean, you can go, you can, you can go further down the tree and start saying, well, I'll tell you what, then unless you're vegan, you shouldn't have an opinion because if you're having an opinion that, that say, you know, Giving a horse a few backhanders is cruel. Then don't 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 you dare eat your steak. You know that you know it's it's you're not allowed. It's I mean for for starters, for me, horses are not cows, right? They they aren't built to be rugged like you know like farm beasts. They're basically finely tuned athletes. 
They bred for a specific purpose. That's to run fast. And many thoroughbreds, for me, uh, die of a lot of natural injuries, you know, mainly at home as well. For example, I've known of horses dying from when they roll around a lot, they, they twist the bowels, you know, there's, there's lots of things they do. You know, a, 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 they break a leg when they get spooked. You know, like there's only like a big loud bang and it spooks them and all of a sudden they, they're off and they crash through a fence and or, or, or whatever. They're, they're highly strung uh, equine beasts. And I, and I do think that um, the whip, for me, I think it's one of the least problems we've actually got. I, I would say it's more drug related. That's the problem. There's horses dropping dead in the USA from, you know, from drug use. Uh, Santa and Ether obviously have their problems. Um, we've seen drugs at an alarming rate throughout the world of horse racing. Um, I mean, for example, reading about Lasix, a horse will piss out 20 to 30 pounds of fluid on race day when you apply Lasix. But that, so it's good. And obviously that's an advantage. If, if you've got no dead weight, if you've got no water weight, you know, twenty to thirty pounds off your off your off. It's obviously an advantage. So, my point is, we should be looking at other things rather than just basically corrective. I would class it as corrective measures. If a horse isn't concentrating, it needs a few smacks to run a bit quicker. I don't see a problem with that. I really don't. I don't understand people that do. But anyway, I mean, what do you think out there? Get get back to us on Twitter and and t- tell me and John if we're wrong. But but I, I do think that. I think we're barking up the wrong tree. And I, and I certainly think we're trying to placate people, John, that are outside of the industry, that have got no interest in racing whatsoever and never will. Do you agree with that? Well, this goes back to what Claire Belding tried to do with the BBC Racing Coverage. She set out to make it a pale to people who didn't like racing and yeah. ended up alienating the people that did. And yeah. something like this will do exactly the same. Yeah, it's, it's the wrong direction, folks. Um, right, well, that's all our talking points and topics done with. And um, now we're going to move on to the racing because uh, this, uh, this is an Oaks special. But before we go, get on to the uh, Oaks on, fri- on Friday, um, we are going to take a quick look at the Zetland Gold Cup tomorrow, which is uh, the 440 at Red Car. It's a mile and a quarter event. It's uh, Red Car, one of Red Car's flagship events uh, of, of the uh, calendar year. And sadly, obviously, due to prize money, you know, we're racing for ridiculous money nowadays, which is rather sad to see. But, um, um, John, the Zetland Gold Cup tomorrow, have you any uh, views? Uh, I think we've got Hartswood and Macram as joint favourites. Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of like Hartswood going up in trip. Uh, I thought he ran really well at York behind Kindred the other day. Um, Tindale mainly could have back to Dodsey's horse and Hatswood in, in the race against King. They were second and third. But I felt Hatswood ran as though he would possibly be sorted by another couple of furlongs. But I don't think it's a gimme that he'll stay given his running style. The, the best clue best clue him staying really is the breathing out of a single trail mare. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it would definitely encourage you to have a bash over this sort of trip. Because he does seem a little bit maxed out around 95-ish over a mile, you know, and if there is going to be any improvement to come, it'll probably be over further. Um, the one I was interested in was actually Kagan of uh, David O'Meara's. I thought this ran a 
really interesting race at the Dandy Maiden. Um, cruised into the lead uh, early in the straight. We pressed and wrote the tail pole and ran about a bit once he was headed, to be honest. Um, banged into the arse back actually, fishable, and didn't do him any favours, but there you go. Um, I think this one, having I mean, got a run under his belt, he can, he can probably hang on a bit longer than he did there. Um, he's come down a couple of pounds. I don't think that's significant, really, because I think that the race will have brought him on more than enough. I, I think that's a, a very sporting play, 25 to 1, actually. It's a very interesting shout. I mean, this horse for Andre Farb was a was was a was a useful animal. He, he was climbing his trade at sort of Group Three, Group Two level in mm. France. Um, and what was also more interesting was one of my points was I did feel there was a lack of pace in the race. There's not a lot that go forwards. Uh, a hyper focus of um, uh, oh, sorry, hyper focus. Uh, kaleidoscopic. I don't know. Why I've got the words. Kaleidoscopic of that's the gin uh, of Mick Shannon's. Um, that's the one that goes forward. Um, but with the lack of pace, you, you're starting to interest me with this because, like you said, the way that he did travel mm. at York was was quite eye catching. And if he can just like get onto that front end and and do it nice and easily, and don't forget the ground at York. I thought was a bit weird. It was quite a bit loose. Um, it, like we said, we moaned that we moaned at that because we just said it's your ground up when it's mm. when it gets a little bit soft. It's, it's quite quite odd. Um, I do think the ground will be really quick tomorrow um, because obviously with a drying day we've had today, it'd be dry again tomorrow, and I do think we're going to get genuine good to firm ground um, at the local. Um, so yeah, but, that, so. That's a good shout, John, at a big price, because I was going to say about the front end. However, I mean, I'm just going to put two uh, horses to uh, 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 to task here that I, I would like to back in any normal 10 furlong handicap, but I don't think they're going to get the pace to run at. It's Barishnikov and Highway Grey. I think they're really progressive. I think they're going to end up higher this season than 84 and 89. Highway Grey... Uh, won at Doncaster last time and beat a horse of Marco Botti's that runs at Windsor tomorrow and the barn of Sir Michael Stout that got just got touched off by Tinker Toy um, at Newcastle the other night. And I just think that's very strong for very nice, good, recent, strong form for the level. So highway agree. And the way he does it, he, he idles in front, he travels, he travels strongly and then quicks the front and then idles. I like him. And I thought Borishnikov, He's also got form with Highway Grey. Highway Grey touched him off at Pontefract last year, and he was, he, you know, he did the job uh, at Chester recently, beating Spirit Dancer. First impression arrival here was third, and Snow Ocean was fifth. That ran a close second to Sophie Stevens on Saturday. So I thought those two were the form choices for me. So I thought Brizhnikov mm-hmm. and Highway Grey, but sadly, because they are sort of held up types, um, I didn't really want to. Um, get too much involved but it's something to keep an eye on for for you listeners anyway john's selection there's keegan at a big price a sporting choice there and uh, my two are highway gray and barishnikov we move on to the friday meeting at epsom which is the oaks card and um we've got the coronation cup john 
anything quickly in the Coronation Cup that you like. To, uh, it's difficult with the anti-purse prices, but you know, uh, is, is there anything that, you, that took your eye? Well, the biggest thing about the Coronation Cup for me is this short price there with Alassi. Yeah. Um, I mean, all right, he, he's really, really visually impressive last time out when he uh, he beat Sundress of the Screaming Kilt. But every time he's met a beat in the house, he's got stuffed. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's rolled over all these non-entities. I mean, goes to Goodwood, gets stuffed by a mogul who's maybe only just on the cusp of being beat in the house anyway. Mischief something, you know. I mean, you look at where he's beaten, and he's even money for the Coronation Cup. Whereas Japan has at least mixed it with decent horses for a lot of his career, you know. I mean, last year was maybe a bit of a rate off, but he looked back on the sun at Chester this year, I thought. And uh, from an official ratings point of view, absolutely nothing in the tail. Um, and the other one that I think is a bit of a fly in the ointment as well is uh, the dual trainer Rafe and Ralph Beckett, Albert Lara, who hosed up at Ascot um, in that listed race in a manner of a very improved arse. The second's come out and punched up at York since, which gives a bit of credence to the form. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did happen to think it was a bit of a fluke at the time, so what winning that by seven months from, I'm not so sure now. Uh, eight to one about that against even money, how I see. There's only one way I can jump there. Then when you throw love into the equation as well, who admittedly has only really done it against your own sex and um, pretty much your own age group. I know the Yorkshire Oaks is open to all the ones, but you, you know, uh, that one's four to one. You, you know, I mean, this t this time last year, well, just after the Oaks last year, you, you'd have been astonished if somebody told you Love was going to be four to one for the Coronation Cup, wouldn't you? Well, love, love won't be running, will it? Love well, I mean, that's. You know, it's clearly a tempter to get people in. I mean, it won't be running. He, he can't run three, can he? He can't run Japan, Rome, and Love. And, oh, God, of course, he's got his dabble in a certain town in there that's going to finish about six. If, 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 if Love was right, it would be, it, Love would be favourite. Hmm. Simple as. Um, so, the, it's, it's, no, it, that's not running. Um, it's just there for, it's there for like token. Certain yeah. fancies and to, to lure people in, like you say. Um, yeah, Alba Flora, get your point. I mean, he's, he thrashed tribal craft and the forms there for mm. us. The fourth didn't run too bad either. Out of behind Hutton next time. Um, if, I, if I had to have a choice in, in the coronation, it'd be Pile Driver around the eight to one mark. I just felt that he wasn't ridden very well um, against Sir Ron Priestley. He, he yeah, gave. Wasn't. He, he gave he gave them a lot of rope. Um, he obviously probably wasn't the plan to win. He was probably just 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 prep for this. And the fact that you know Thunderous was two lengths behind. Uh, well, you know Alazi beat Thunderous four lengths. Well, Alazi's evens and Pal Drivers eights. And Pal Drivers got possibly more solid form 
uh, taboo than 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 Alazi. Um, the the third in the St. Ledger is um, for me the uh, probably the key form. So I just thought that was probably big around uh, eight. I won't lay eight. Um, so anyway, going on to the uh, main event on Friday. And uh, by the way, we, we we're doing a Friday show this week, and we've got the Ginger Hitler in to tip a few favourites for you for the uh, for the Saturday Derby Derby cards. We thought we'd bring him back. You know, we have we have to sort of be careful. You know, how, how, how much airtime we do give him, but we thought we'd bring him back for Friday show, John. Sir, and I, I believe he's agreed to do it. Yeah, he's he's, he's well up for it. He uh, obviously Polish Ballet will be getting quite a positive mention. It could be his nap. I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. There's every chance, unless uh, unless the kilt's got one in the uh, the city stakes or something like that. That's going to lead all the way, and it's about even money. Right. Let's. I tell you what. Let's sort this works out. Let's let's. Let's sort our listeners out with a good a good preview of this uh, kazoo oak. Santa Barbara leads the field at nine to four. What we're we saying about Santa Barbara as a filly, John? My big concern with Santa Barbara really is the lack of experience and the, the way she goes about things. I'm, I don't think she's a gimme to go around there. No. Um, I'd like to say that. Going to the bit better, you know, like it. Um, I, I'm just not convinced with her. Um, I mean, she, she could have an awful lot of improvement in her and she could go and win the old Greatlands. But I, I, if she has got that improvement in her, I've missed it. I have to be honest. I, yep, I, I, I concur with that. Um, I, I, I wasn't impressed. In fact, I'm. For this race in particular, I'm opposing the Guineas form. I don't think the Thousand Guineas was was a strong race, um, and so I won't be supporting any Thousand Guineas horse in here. That's me personally. And Santa Barbara, like you say, I, I don't think she's shaped like an oats fully in that, but we could be wrong. Um, Snowfall, the uh, Musidora winner. Yeah, so uh, came from nowhere, really, didn't she? Despite having. Campaigning all the, all the big two-year-old races last year. Yeah. So it took everybody by surprise at York. I don't know whether she maybe had a bit of a soft lead and one or two of them were doing a bit too much behind, but... I think you're right. You know, I think that might have been the, the case. Um, but, you know, will, will them fillies have learnt anything? Or will they all, all still be pulling late nutters anyway? You know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, Tiona was the one to take out the race if, if if you wanted the probably the best filly in the race as in what did the most wrong it was probably Tiona I mean Noon yeah. Star Noon Star was keen enough but Tiona was also very keen yeah. and, and the, the thing is I was warned off off my contact in that yard about about that she apparently she gets very uh, hot and bothered mm. at the start she doesn't doesn't like the stalls and I think I think and, and she, she gets very keen and I think that on you know on the big day, I just think that could be a big problem. I could, you know, if it's a warm day, I can see a, a bit of a boil over from Tiona again, and that it's it's very difficult to support a filly like that that yeah. is just all, all on her nerves, and so that's why it makes it hard to to, to be confident. Um, like you said, Snowfall, I thought got got a fairly 
fairly comfortable lead. The time wasn't especially especially quick. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'm not really a massive fan of uh, Snowfall. Um, the, the the next filly in, I think, interests me more, John. Um, uh, Zayda, um, I think... I think she's a lot more interesting, but I do I do also think she's a potential uh, Saint Ledger filly because the way she overhauled Mystery Angel. Now I know Snowfall beat Mystery Angel in the in the Musidora, but the way she did it on the heavy last back end at Newmarket in the um, in the uh, Montrose said to me this filly has got stamina in absolute spades. I'm not a fan of the pedigree. I'm not uh, Tam Eels. I'm not, I'm not bouncing. Um, but in that Chester Oaks trial, um, got to say, John, surely she would have beaten Johnston's horse had she got a clean run. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, and you'd think she'd get a better run around there. Um, I think she's also you can you can guarantee that the twelve furlongs is going to suit. Um, any any kind of pace is going to help. Uh, yeah, I mean she she's probably had to pick holes in really. Yeah, I, th- I thought if anyone could could have like an each way fancy at this at this stage, I think she's as solid as it gets because yeah. I, I think she sees out the mile of four no problem. Um, the one thing I would say is that she's never raced. She'll it's probably going to be quickish ground at Epsom Friday, um, and she's never raced on ground probably as quick as what she's going to get at Epsom. And as I said, I, d- I do see her honestly as a Saint Ledger type. I do. I, I think she's. Yeah. I think she has got absolute boodles of stamina. Um, so that would be my only concern. If it did turn up good to firm, she might just get a little bit uh, taken off her feet. Um, and, I mean, that brings me on to the gamble of the race, divinely. Um, did you see why that there'd been so much money for divinely? No, I didn't. Um, I, I thought it was hard to make a case for a Badly been in need of the run at uh, Lingfield, you know. Um, it just seemed to equate with a, a previous farm. Um, you know, sometimes with Aiden, he runs these fillies and runs them and runs them and runs them. And then the same as all the raw leg. Uh, and out of nowhere, and then the, the win six on the spin. It, it could be one of them, but I mean, up to press, I haven't been able to spot on. I have to admit, you know. No. Um, they know an awful lot more about that. Their fillies than I do. Um, I I couldn't back it at ten to one. No, I mean like Saffron Beach. Also, you know, ran well in the Guineas. Uh, by New Bay out of a Ravens Pass mare. Um, there's not a lot in that pedigree that says twelve furlongs to me. Um, I don't know what you think. No, no, no. You couldn't. Uh, you couldn't get involved there. I don't think. Um, I think our future is like coronation stakes, farmers, basically like that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're probably obliged to have a bash at the Oaks, but no, not for me. Um, I'd, I'd say. Um, I mean, this is my choice, and I've I've just touched on Zayda. 
um, how much I liked her at Chester. Um, but you, you might be surprised. Yeah, my, my tip for the Oaks is um, the Johnson Oaks, um, Dubai Fountain. The, the reason being is that, yes, anyone will watch watches Chester and you're going to say, well, Zayadar turns that form around if she, get, she gets out. Yes, absolutely. However, I, th- I think there's more to it than that. That um, the gallop was a bit stop-start. The, the, it wasn't quite. I don't think it would have suited Dubai Fountain either. I think. I mean, if you look at this horse over seven furlongs and a mile, it, it's got top-class form. You know, second to Indigo Girl in the mail. Um, it was fourth to Pretty Gorgeous in the the Phillies Mile. And you look at the pedigree. <laughs> Just. You know, it's it's a half sister to Le- uh, you know Leon Cavallo. Um, it's it literally is stamina laid, um, and I I just felt that Javai Fountain might be strangely the one in it. And let's be right, it is a weak year this year. Again, we I don't think we've got anything that stands out class wise, or and I just felt Javai Fountain if the kilt does what he does, and he just I'm not saying get on with it, but you know, at least it's very handy. I could, I could see her running, running, running really well as well. Uh, I think this think... one reminds me of uh, one that ran, he ran in the Derby in the same colours, DXP. Yeah, and that went close. Um, it's uncomplicated. You can stay the trip, and a lot of these won't. Yeah, and I, I think that's you know that would give people a run for the money. I think at, yeah. at a nice price. Um, there's a, there's a lot of talent, like I said. Tiona, I think, is a really nice filly of, of Roger Varian's, but yeah. you can't you can't have it where they're just boiling over and 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 going keen. That's it. You you might as well just throw your money in, in the river. It's um, so you, I mean that's what. So the, I, I'm going to go for possibly a, a small bet on Zadar and and a little bit of each way on Dubai Fountain. What would you go on the Oaks? I think at the the current price is I'd probably have to chuck in with your bet on the kilt. Um, yeah. Because there's no value in the front two in the betting, and as you said, Tiona, you don't know how she's going to react to the prelims. Um, and they had a, a half the price of one that beat her. You know, I mean, all right, you wouldn't, I agree, you would look at that and say she'd turn the farm around, but come on, you know, she shouldn't be half the price of the one that beat her. Especially on quicker ground, you know, because yeah. that's the thing. You know, she she's never had, never run on ground this quick. So again, half price. Hmm. So yeah. So I, please don't say I'm in there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a fascinating renewal. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this show, folks. Um, it's been a, been an interesting one, and we're back on Friday uh, after the Oaks to probably discuss how we've done our money. Um, <laughs> to discuss. The Derby. Excuses, Eddie. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, to discuss the uh, the Derby um, with the, the Ginger Hitler. So it should be a really fun show Friday. Uh, we'll make sure we abuse him as much as we can. We'll certainly we'll certainly try. Um, see if he's amenable to a bit of abuse. Um, but yeah, so an exciting show to come. And I really hope you've enjoyed this Sunday show. Um, that's all from me and John. And we wish you all the best this punting week. Bye for now.